Welcome to the Movie Planet Season 5, Episode 11. This week, we're talking about 2001's Spirited Away. With Joe. Joe time. What's going on? Are you guys fighting again? And Sam. <gasps> A human. You're in trouble. You're the one everyone's looking for. Welcome to the Movie Planet. Joining me is the How the F*** Did You Get Me to Watch This? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. I recommended it. <laughs> no. Welcome to the Movie Planet. Joining me is the Rin to my Kamaji, because Kamaji's your boy. Come on, just my boy. Yeah, Sam, how are you doing? I'm good. Did you enjoy going into the anime field for this? Oh, more than you can believe. I believe it. Uh, I pulled my classes, actually, and asked them. I said, how do you guys feel about this movie? And the three or four kids out of all 20 of my kids in every class were like, yes, spirited away. That's my jam. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. And then I, ha I actually had them read my notes on Friday because I was like, okay, you want to okay. see something? Come on up. And yeah. they're like, I hate you, Mr. I hate Sarah. You. I hate you so I want much. I teacher. <laughs> And this wasn't even my first pick for anime. No, it wasn't. What was this, yours? I think my original was either Akira or Princess Mononoke, which, no, you know what? It was Princess Mononoke. Yeah. Because that was the first Ghibli movie I was um, exposed to. And I think... I think it would have been a, a. I think you would have liked it better, mm -hmm. but I think this choice was smarter because it's more well known, and the audience would go, "Oh yeah, I know this movie. I should check it out." It's funny you say that because Spirited Away is the last hand-drawn movie that won an Academy Award. Well earned. It's the last one. There has not been one since two thousand one. Insane. And uh, th that. There's a re like, here's the thing. I'm going to tell everybody right now, I will have a fair grade <laughs> despite y'all. I, you know how I feel about anime. I have a fair grade can verify. And, uh, but I'm also going to say I was not a fan of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which breaks my heart, yeah. uh, Netflix is cutting their animation. Is that because HBO max is just buying it all? No, I think it's because the Netflix subscriptions are dropping and they don't have the funds because Netflix has always been in the red. Because kids don't want advertisements. <laughs> yeah. Well, it breaks my heart because did you ever watch Klaus? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the Santa Claus one. Yeah, right? it's the, yeah. yeah, it's the Santa Claus one. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. And now it's like, no more. And that won an Academy Award, didn't yes, it? Yes, it did. Why would Netflix take off their award-winning stuff? It, uh, their audience is not big enough for animation. I don't think Netflix actually knows what their audience is because so many people have shared their subscriptions. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. No. Um, They're going to find out after they crack down. Well, one, one more site that's going to go advertisement. Oh, if, they, if I start getting ads on Netflix, I'm done. That's the thing. Netflix is buoyed above everything else for the most part because there's no advertisements on it. The minute you put it on there, you realize it's no better than Hulu, actually. Which is awful because I'm paying for a service that I have to sit through ads. Yeah. It's awful. I don't want to wait a year, Hulu. like monthly subscriptions, nine months of subscriptions so I can ass. get Stranger Things again. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, on the show, we'll be keeping track of all the movies worth your time in our preserve, the animated film movie planet 
pantheon consists of seven and only seven films. Currently, those are number one, Toy Story 3 with an A minus. <sighs> Toy Story 2 comes in at number two with a B plus. Toy Story, the original, is also a B plus, but it's right under Toy Story 2. Uh, number four is Fantastic Mr. Fox uh, for, with a B plus. Number five is Toy Story 4, that shit box, at B minus. And uh, <laughs> a B minus. We talked, we're going to redo Hercules at some yeah. point. Uh, so I'm not going to mention Hercules on here, but actually Hercules is tied into this movie because Megara is oh, the voice yeah. of Lynn. Yeah, <laughs> Meggie. Uh, who is my Disney princess. Uh, the, oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. The higher the grade we give it, the longer maybe stay in there. Only a film with a higher grade can kick it out of the pantheon. So we'll discuss it, analyze it, grade it, and see if it lands amongst the greats. But now that we've handled that business, let's get down to business. This week, we're talking about 2001's Spirited Away. A movie made for $19 million that brought in $355.7 million worldwide in 2001. That's quite a haul for, a, for an animated feature right there. Written and directed by... Ha okay, go for it. <laughs> Written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Thank you. Music by Joe Hisaishi. Yep. Produced by Studio Ghibli. Okay, cool, because I didn't know how to say any of those. I think I screwed up Joe's last name. Hisashi? Hisaishi? Hisaishi? I think... Hisaishi. It's Joey H. Joey Star H, bud. <laughs> Old Joey Twinkle Toes. Yeah. Now, we watched the English dub version. Yes. Uh, but you are familiar with the Japanese straight up. Yes. I watched half of the Japanese straight up. Okay. Uh, so, And there's, there was a reason for me recommending the English dub, because generally, it's more catered to Western audiences. Yeah. And most of the time, for most viewers, they're not used to Eastern storytelling dialogue and if that even humor inflection in the way that they yeah. say with things yeah uh so if you watch the dubbed version here are the english voice actors uh whiny bitch davy chase as chihiro okay easy i'm sorry whiny she, 10 year olds are obnoxious she, as is what's funny is that she's probably around 30 years old oh 100 yeah uh jason marsden is haku my boy uh is Jason Marsden who I think it is? Yes, it is. Cyclops? No. Who's Jason Marsden? What uh, else has he done? He's done a ton of voice work, but... Okay. What he... Let's go. He's in a Koofy movie. He's in Hocus Pocus. That doesn't help. He's in Young <laughs> Justice. So he's mostly, he's mostly a voice actor. Yeah, but he's also in a bunch of movies. He's, uh, he's on DuckTales, Transformer, cartoon, 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 cartoon. Yeah, voice actor. Uh, just he has that, just that, okay. that voice. Uh, Suzanne Plachetta is Yubaba and Zaniba. David Ogden Steers is Kamaji. Susan Egan, oh, I love your voice, as Lynn. Paul Eiding is Chichiaku. Yeah. Wait, and, what? And, yeah. And John Ratzenberger. Disney's prince, yeah. John Ratzenberger, is Aniaku. I don't know who Aniaku is. Um, Do you know who Chichiaku is? Chichiaku and Aniaku? Let's see. <laughs> Aniaku is, yeah, he's the guy that um, is, he's one of the heads of the spa that uh, does the song about oh! Snow Face eating, and you, like, recognize his voice immediately. Gotcha. Uh, Chichiaku. That's a funny role for John Ratzenberger, then. Yeah, it was small. And then the other one was uh, Bath Token Guy. Okay. 
Uh, do you remember seeing this for the first time, Sam? Go for it. What'd you think? I do. I do. I remember, uh, I remember hearing a lot of buzz about this movie. Um, and lo and behold, there was a ad in the newspaper because back in the day, movie times were in the newspaper. Were they? Yes, they were. How did you figure out the times for them? I read. You read them? Yeah, you had to learn to read. Oh, putting words together left to right, combining for sentences. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Reading numbers and knowing times. Now, if, it, if the time wasn't in there, was there a way to figure out how to? Yeah, I would generally uh, look up in the yellow or the yellow book or the phone book, and I would have to find the that's, movie theater and call them. That's so strange. Isn't it? Why didn't you just Google it, Sam? Because that wasn't a <laughs> fucking thing. <laughs> Because in 2000, we aren't at that point, kids. And I, we couldn't use the internet and the phone at the same time. <laughs> I need a sound of the internet going on. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, so <laughs> I, saw this, I saw this in the paper, and I, uh, my dad and my brother and I, we would always go to movies, and I was like, look, we have to go see this. We have to go see this movie. Yeah. This is like getting rave reviews. It's a... Japanese anime, you know, my dad had showed me Akira when I was oh, a kid, so okay. he's familiar with Japanese animation. Gotcha. And so we went and saw it in the theater, I think opening weekend, and we walked out like blown away. Wow. I will say this, I probably would have been, I probably would have been closer to enjoyment if this was on a big screen. Oh yeah, 100%. We can just see everything going on, because there's a no. lot of, there's a lot going on on the screen in a lot of scenes. I've seen those Ghibli movies multiple times on screens, because they always show them every year. Yeah. At like Green Hills or uh, Thoroughbred. Um, is it Ghibli or Ghibli? I said Ghibli. Okay, you just said Ghibli. <laughs> when? Just now, when you were saying, I always see those Ghibli movies. Oh, well, Ghibli. I said, Ghibli. Ghibli. I said Ghibli earlier, so yeah. I said Ghibli twice. Okay. Is yeah. it GIF or GIF? It's GIF, and I will fight you. <laughs> Do not go there. Uh, Graphics interface. <laughs> Gah. 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 Um, even the owner, the, even the creator is wrong. It, <laughs> it's him. Fuck him. It's not GIF. It's not... Oh, it's not <laughs> just watching you melt down right now is great. Mm. <laughs> is it JPEG or a JPEG? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I myself, I have given this a try several times, but this was the first time I watched it all the way through Thursday and Friday. Nice. Yes. Uh, Thursday was the all the way through with the English and Friday. I went through half the movie with Japanese only. Uh, so, but I, how'd you like Chihiro in the Japanese? I, more tolerable. I felt that what she was trying to say sounded better in Japanese with the visuals I was looking at. Okay. Because when you dub it into English with our inflection tones being much different, it doesn't always match the energy that yeah. you're seeing on the screen. And so with the Japanese, it matched the energy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, now that we've had that business, let's get down to business with our segment Inception to Perception, where I dig shallowly into the internet to find out how this movie came to be. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies, I make films. Every summer, 
Hayao Miyazaki spent his vacation at a mountain cabin with his family and five girls who are friends of the family. Damn, that's a lot of kids. <laughs> the idea for Spirited Away came about when he wanted to make a film for these friends. Miyazaki had previously directed films for small children and teenagers, such as My Neighbor Totoro and Kiki's Delivery Service, but he had not created a film for 10-year-old girls. For inspiration, he read shoujo manga magazines like Nakayoshi. Nakayoshi? I would argue that Kiki's Delivery Service and My Neighbor Totoro are both prime 10-year-old girl movies. Are they? I love them, but yes. <laughs> they are as innocent and soft as can be. Okay. Uh the girls had left the cab the girls had left these magazines at the cabin but felt that they only offered subjects on crushes and romance. When looking at his young friends, Miyazaki felt this was not what they, quote, held dear in their hearts, end quote, and decided to produce the film about a young heroine whom they could look up to instead. Different types of role models in different types of cultures. Yeah. Uh, Miyazaki had wanted to produce a new film for years, but his two previous proposals, one based on the Japanese book Kiri no Muko no Fushigi na Machi by Sachiko Kashiwaba, and another about a teenage heroine, were rejected. His nice third pronunciation. Thank you. Well, I can't believe I got through it. His third. This is like when we did the thing and I was doing all the Swedish names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> his third proposal, which ended up becoming Sen and Chihiro's Spirited Away, was more successful. I said successful. Yep. Yep. It's okay. You just did Japanese. Yeah, I did. Okay. Kashiwaba. Okay. The three stories revolved around a bathhouse that was inspired by one in Miyazaki's hometown. He thought the bathhouse was a mysterious place and there was a small door next to one of the bathtubs in the bathhouse. Miyazaki was always curious to what was behind it and he made up several stories about it, one of which inspired the bathhouse setting of Spirited Away. What a brain. Not only that, but wouldn't you feel creepy walking into a bathhouse and you saw a small little door next to your bath? Yeah, I'd go. <laughs> What's behind that door? Yeah. Who is that for? And how come I can't see them when I'm in the tub? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> production of Spirited Away commenced in February of 2000 on a budget of 1.9 billion yen, which is around US 15 million. Walt Disney Pictures, they're back, financed 10% of the film's production cost for the right of first refusal for American distribution. As with Princess Mononoke, Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli staff experimented with computer animation. With the use of more computers and programs such as Soft Image 3D, the staff learned the software but used the technology carefully so that it enhanced the story instead of stealing the show. I could not tell you what in this was CGI. Uh, I have watched many behind the scenes, yeah. and it blows my mind. Like, I thought the whole thing was just matte paintings and animated, hand-drawn. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know where the... Unless it was the credits... <laughs> um, did you say this is the last one that received an award for this all? is the last hand-drawn animated movie to win an academy award but it says that they use 3d software which is I'm, that's why i'm wondering where it is uh each character was mostly hand-drawn with miyazaki working alongside his animators to see they were getting just right the biggest difficulty in making the film was to reduce its length this was longer than two hours originally apparently to me, it flies by, so... Yeah, well, okay. When production began, Miyazaki realized it would be more than three hours long if he made it according <laughs> to his plot. <laughs> he had to delete... I would like to see that cut, sir. I, I would like to see it. I think I would have liked to have seen it, too, actually. Yeah, he had to delete many scenes from the story and tried to reduce the eye candy in the film because he wanted it to be simple. Miyazaki did not want to make the hero a, quote, pretty girl... At the beginning, he was frustrated at how she looked dull and thought, she isn't cute. Isn't there something we can do? <laughs> <laughs> Just like, look at, God damn. 
That is one homely drawn woman. Okay. As, as the film near Guys, the- we need some type of, we need something. She looks like a fucking potato. As the film neared the end, however, he was relieved to feel, quote, she will be a charming woman. She's a 10 year old kid. Okay. Hey, it's his character. Miyazaki. His child. Let's see. This is all just where, what are you guys inspiration from with the buildings and all that stuff? Uh, Okay, the English adaptation. John Lasseter, Pixar animator and a fan fan and friend of Miyazaki, would often sit with the staff and watch Miyazaki's work when encountering story problems. By the way, that's not a math thing. Uh, After seeing Spirited Away, Lasseter was ecstatic. Upon hearing his reaction to the film, Disney CEO Michael Eisner asked Lasseter if he would be interested in introducing Spirited Away to an American audience. Lasseter obliged by agreeing to serve as the executive producer for the English adaptation. Following this, several others began to join the project. Beauty and the Beast co-director Kirk Wise and Aladdin co-producer Donald W. Ernst joined Lasseter as director and producer of Spirited Away, respectively. Screenwriters Cindy Davis Hewitt and Donald H. Hewitt penned the English language dialogue, which they wrote in order to match the character's original Japanese language lip movements. But it's, a tough, it's a tough fucking job. I was going to say, they didn't do very well. It's too hard of a task to do that for, yeah, for any, yeah, any anime. It's they, whenever I always wonder too, when they do things in Japanese or German or whatever it is, how much is lost when it is dubbed over? How, how much of the detail is, is lost? Cause the, yeah, cause sometimes the English language, it, it's very, but, 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 but Japanese a little more. Oh yeah. It, a single ornate. word can have like 30 characters. Yeah. Having watched both of them, did you feel like there was loss? Not with spirited away. No, there's there's few animes, at least I think more I think that more affects the shows than mainstream movies. Okay. Whereas the shows, you know, sometimes, you know, the, one of the characters say, "Yeah," and then his mouth is moving for another like 20 seconds. Yeah, right. You know, like, okay. What am I missing here? Something's <laughs> being said. Right. Uh Advertising for this movie was limited with Spirited Away being mentioned in a small scrolling section of the film section of Disney.com. Disney had sidelined their official website for Spirited Away and given the film a comparatively small promotional budget. Mark Harrison argues that this was a justified response to Studio Ghibli's retention of the merchandising rights to the film and characters, which limited Disney's ability to properly market the film. You Disney, but that's Go the thing. It, if you want this movie marketed, this is really in Studio Ghibli. No, I think I don't have a single problem with Studio Ghibli doing that. Yeah. Well, okay, I, okay. I'm totally fine with. That's like, yeah, no, you're. You can come in here. You're not getting shit from us. You want to distribute in the U.S.? Sure, go mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Like, well, what about toys and others? That no, we have this thing called self-respect. <laughs> And we don't whore ourselves out. That's very true. They don't whore themselves out unless you check out certain websites. Hey, anybody. (laughs) No, but this is one of the, it's, it's one of those things where you're right. There is that, that element of it. But if you're, I know myself, if I would, if I made something, I'd want to share with as many people as possible. And ultimately what was he going to do with the rights of these characters anyway? He was done after this movie with, with these characters. Yeah, but it's still, and it's... I just kind of wonder how much bigger this movie would have been if they had done that. I mean, this movie was massive. In the market for U.S. animation, they already knew wasn't strong. Yeah, well... 
They already knew it. No, at that time, Shrek had just come out. No, I mean Japanese animation. Well, yeah, in the U.S. market, right. But that's the thing. This not only would have given it a foothold, it would have exploded it into it. I don't think so. I think it would have received the same reception. Because after, after it won the Academy Award, that's when it fucking went through the roof. Oh, okay. It, it wasn't. Still, no, nobody saw it. I know I didn't see it, but. Yeah, as soon as the Academy Award came out, yeah. bam. Okay. Well, that's. Because everybody was like. Oh, this is movie of the year. Yeah. Animation movie of the year. Oh, I got to go see it. All right. Well, there it, won, you go. It, won, it won multiple awards, and that's why everybody's like, well, I got to go see it. I can blow. Oh, oh, you ready to blow? Yeah, I'm ready to blow. Well, I'm a mushroom cloud laying motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's loud. <laughs> uh, okay, now for a synopsis of the movie. Sign your name away, and I'll put you to work. If I hear one little complaint out of you, you'll be joining your parents in the pig pen. So I, do I sign my name here? Just sign it. Do you want the job or not? I can't believe I took that oath. To give a job to anyone who asks. Ridiculous. I hate being so nice all the time. Are you done yet? So, your name's Chihiro. Yes, ma'am. What a pretty name. And it belongs to me now. From now on, your name is Sen. You got that? Answer me, Sen. Yes, ma'am. Ten-year-old Chihiro and her parents drive to their new home. Chihiro is a whiny and unhappy. Uh, Chihiro is whiny and unhappy <laughs> about the move, especially when she notices that the bouquet that her friends got her as a goodbye gift is wilting. In sight of their new home, they take a wrong turn and follow a bumpy, decayed old road through the woods. The road ends at a tunnel leading to an abandoned theme park. It gives Chihiro the creeps, but her parents persuade her to go with them and look around. Go ahead. <laughs> so I just want to open with yeah. Joe Hisaishi is a musical genius to me. And his work with little inflictions and just just sprinkles of emotion and mood are brilliant. And his motifs, I've yet to hear a single motif of his that doesn't stay with you and is beautiful. I was incredibly impressed with the music in this. His scores are amazing. And what I liked about it was it doesn't take away from the movie. It doesn't overshadow the movie. It's not, there's, not a, there's not a single musical moment in this where you go, I love the music here, and you forget about the scene. Mm -hmm. uh, it's perfectly supportive. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I, I, after seeing this, I kind of want to hear other things that he has done with the movie, because I don't think it stands alone just as music by itself. No. Um, but as a soundtrack, it's it's genius. Oh, yeah. Uh, his Howl's Moving Castle soundtrack is unbelievable. Okay. Um, but <laughs> to the movie. Yes. Uh, this is the first <laughs> bit where I'm like, Dad, you're a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's hauling ass down an unknown... <laughs> Gravel, not not even a gravel, just a dirt trail. They took like a, did they take a wrong turn? Was that it? Uh, he says that he saw the house up on the hill and they must have missed the turn off, but there's got to be a way around. Yeah. So they decided to go into the bush. Yeah. 
and not just that, but go quite dangerously. Yes, he's flooring. He's flooring in that Audi A5. So are they already under the spell as no. soon as they? So this is just Dad being a dick. This is just Dad being dead. Okay. And I wonder because a lot of this, a lot of the this movie, I feel is always the perspective of a ten year old. Okay. Okay. And so I remember even being like nervous on like when my dad was driving yeah. faster through the woods. So I don't know if that's just an exaggeration because everything's exaggerated as a 10 year old. I'm willing to buy that. This is, this is geared towards 10 year old girls. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of goes with what we said about care. What I said about Carrie last week, which was, is everything exaggerated because it's through Carrie's eyes. Yeah. Same idea. Uh, the parents tell her to wait in the car and go into the spooky amusement park. <laughs> Well, they want to check it out and make sure it's safe first, you know, <laughs> leave her kid in the car in the woods. But the funny thing is, is Chihiro already appears to be the most mature person of the three. Get your ass in the car. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and the parents are like, oh, no, let's go take an adventure. Yeah. No. I'm so up for that. <laughs> I do. I, I will say this. I and Because I know I've shit on it before, but I do understand why people love anime as an artwork. I really oh, yeah, do. It's brilliant. Um, because the backgrounds of this, just immediately, when they first walk into uh, the amusement park. Oh, my God. The transition. The, the backgrounds are like matte paintings. Yeah. They are beautiful. Um, however, <laughs> here, right here, you start throwing stones at me. The way the faces are drawn with emotions and the stilted nature by which it flows it is not something that I can admit is aesthetically pleasing to me. Okay. I mean, There's not I, a lot look, of detail in the face. It's two eyes, it's a bump for a nose, and then a mouth that just goes, wah, 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 wah. Okay. But that's something that I can't pull away from. Okay. And I'm, yeah, that's. So I kind of had to go take that out, put it to the side, and just watch it for the story. It, forget the medium. Because, again, I'm used, to, I, I'm a Westerner. I'm used to all my characters having big-ass eyes that are larger than their fucking heads and and waists that are smaller than their necks and shit like that. That's an Americanized version of what a cartoon looks like. Yeah. I, gotta, I have to watch more of these to get this into my vernacular. Okay. Fair? Yeah, yeah absolutely. This After movie, one... Oh, sorry. What? Yeah, go ahead. After wandering across a grassy landscape and a dry riverbed... They climb a stone staircase and come to a street lined with restaurants and shops. Most are deserted, but the aroma of cooking leads them to one of the restaurants that's well-stocked with food, though mysteriously mysteriously deserted. Maybe you should read this. No, we'll go with mistressly. Mistressly (laughs) deserted. Mom and dad are hungry and start eating, despite Jahiro's objections. Jahiro wonders a way to explore while they eat. She finds a towering, ornate building that she recognizes as a bathhouse uh, for us. Spa, resort. Mm. Uh, and there's a train running underneath it. She meets a boy in traditional dress who is alarmed to see her. He tells her to leave and get back across the river before it gets dark. Chihiro runs back to her parents, but they're still eating and they've turned into pigs. Strange, dark, ghostly figures appear in all the shops in the streets, frightening Chihiro and separating her from the pigs that were her parents. Chihiro runs back to the river, which was nearly dry when they came, but now is full and large. Just like me. <laughs> and she doesn't even recognize the buildings on the far side. As a riverboat approaches, she notices that her body has become transparent. Can I say right now, when the parents turn into pigs, 
I feel like it is a scene that would work really well in a live action movie. No, stop it. I'm going to say that. I agree. And with I am you, surprised that this has not gotten the live action treatment. It shouldn't. Keep your filthy paws <laughs> off of it. <laughs> Don't ruin this. Uh, what'd, what'd you think of what you were seeing? Because then we're going to get fucking Seth Rogen as Kumaji. Uh, uh, no, don't you even uh, fucking. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Um, uh, if so, this is one thing that you don't know about yeah, with anime. Go for it. No food would look better in real life ever compared to anime food. At least for those who have, are used to watching anime, holy shit, the food is just eye porn. See, for when I read when I because I saw your comments before as I was watching it as I was doing mine in there because that's why I stopped. You'd put yours in already, and I looked at it. I was like. Okay, so there's a there's a big food scene. And I saw I was like, they look like fucking doodles. What? <laughs> okay, and th- this is kind of it leads into what I was saying, which was the different animation styles in every scene. Because you have a piece of art behind it yeah. that clearly a lot of time was spent on the one shot of yeah. that that piece. And you can tell that when they were putting the 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 animation on top of it that they would move the animation across that one piece of art. Yes. I recognize it is hard to do that for every friggin' like frame yeah. of it. I get that. But there is a distinct difference between the background and the action that you're seeing that I tend to focus on the background more. Oh, because interesting. I'm just like, that's where my eyes are drawn because that's where the details are. Oh, okay. Yeah. And when it goes to the foreground, I'm like, in, oh, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take so much shit for this. Sam. Yeah. There were times with the animation that I got an 80s G.I. Joe feel. Example, please. Um, when characters run, they all run the identical way. Do you mean in, you mean like actually running or do you mean like in a scene where like Haku... Like when Haku is, and Ch- Chihiro take hands and run, yes, they have the exact same run. Uh, that doesn't bother me. Okay, well th- that's fine. Yeah, but for me, I look at I'm like I've seen this type of animation before. It was my '80s when I was watching after school com- after school cartoons. Okay. Now, pl- uh, and I know as soon as I say cartoon, everybody goes, "It's an anime." I'm guys. Tomato potato. Exact. Did you say tomato potato? Yeah, I did. That was fantastic. You're welcome. Uh, but. Just, just to be clear, that was something I had an issue with. The background and the foreground felt like two different artists were working on it. Generally, they are. Oh, well, okay. Well, then I got the right idea there. Yeah, motion and there's character and motion uh, yeah. artists, and then there's for background artists. Yeah, yeah. And you, you see it a lot in early 50s and 60s and 70s animation for Disney where they do the exact same thing. Yeah. The, Jungle the Book the is notorious back, for it. I mean, the backgrounds are... Beautiful. Yeah. But as they got closer to like the Aladdins and all that, those backgrounds became more CGI and the CGI could be rendered to look like the animation style in the foreground. Yeah. Made it more pleasing to the eye. Okay. So that's where I was going with that. Okay. Uh, but as for the food, I did get hungry watching it. Yeah. I ordered a pizza. Oh, nice. I didn't go, I didn't go to Sotomano. That's fine. Yeah. I had that yesterday. Okay. Like, <laughs> um, this, this is actually happening, right? This is not a dream. No, this is actually happening. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, as soon as, um, I believe as soon as they pass through the tunnel, yeah, that's when they've entered. That was the gateway. Okay. Um, uh, because the big, I, I believe they're called Tories, mm-hmm. Tory Towers or Tory Structures. Okay. It's like the big red 
pillar. Yes, yes. Those are gateways to the spirit world. So you can think of the tunnel as the gateway. Good to know. Yeah. I might learn more about Japanese culture from you on this oh, one than from will. the movie itself. Yes, you will. Because the movie doesn't explain anything because no. it's not for me. Well, it's for, you know, Japanese and Easterners. Yeah. Which is, I, have to, point, I have to point this out because <laughs> I think it's absolutely fucking hysterical. Go for it. There is a anime called Fire Force. And it is, in this world, the biggest problem and fear is spontaneous combustion, <laughs> where people just spontaneously combust into a fire demon. And so they have firefighters that also have kind of abilities. Yeah. But they that's what they do. They fight off these demons and keep the, the people in the city safe. Okay. They have one Chinese character. Boy. <laughs> In the dub, he's he might as well be from Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> he comes from a potato farm. He's a big boy. He's a simple big boy. And I think that shit is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Everybody's Japanese except the Chinese guy, who is also much larger than them. He's from Jackson. He's from Jackson. <laughs> and he goes, they go to China, and his mom's like, oh, how's my sweet boy? It's just, <laughs> just thick-ass country accent. It's just, just so clear, fucking Clearly funny. you can see there's a divide amongst those two countries oh, also. No, what are you talking about? Right. No history there. Do you just want to go back and forth reading the summaries? Sure, we can do that. I'll do the next one. You do the next one after that? Sure. Okay. Um, you have any else Yeah, I, th- I think this, this is, is such a powerful and well thought out transition from human world to spirit world. We, even with like, all I can think about is the music coming from Joe Hayasashi mm-hmm. and when Haku blows the, I believe the cherry blossom petals yeah. and it starts like trickling in and then the, the twilight's coming and the lights turn on and slowly it transforms. Oh, I think it's so well done and beautiful. You love this movie. I thought, well, I love, I love this medium. Okay. I love this medium. Yeah, I know that, yeah. And this is so, such a smooth and cool, it's, it's kind of like the equivalent of when Silent Hill, like when that transformation happens, mm-hmm. when the siren goes off. Like it's just, it's so well done and smooth. It's not like, oh, well, I fell down a hole and, I'm in the world. It's a transition. Yeah. The riverboat lands a big crowd of spirits. Chihiro thinks she's dreaming but can't wake up. The boy who warned her away finds her and tells her she must eat some food from this world or she'll fade away. He assures her that she won't turn into a pig. She swallows the morsel he gives her and becomes solid. A bird with a woman's head flies above them and he hides her, saying the bird is looking for her. They run through alleys in the pig barn to the big bathhouse, which is accessed by a bridge. Haku says she has to hold her breath as they cross the bridge or the spell that makes her invisible will be broken. Customers fantastically varied customers fantastically varied gods and spirits are crossing the bridge and being greeted by bathhouse staff. Chihiro makes it almost all the way across, but a frog that speaks to Haku startles her and she takes a breath. Luckily, only the frog seems to see her, and Haku uses his magic to encase it in a bubble to make it as though it never happened. There's a lot that happened there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just go time. This is definitely the most original movie we have ever done on the show. Yeah. The the imagination in this what two minute segment yeah. is just 
unreal. It has common motifs, but the concept is incredibly original, and I give it major points for that. Yeah. I didn't want to see something derivative, and when you mentioned earlier the Alice in Wonderland connection, I didn't even notice it. I didn't know about it until just, like, yesterday. Yeah, it wasn't even... And then it clicked. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I still wouldn't even, like, say it ripped it off. I'm just... It's... I see similarities. Yes. It's a hero's journey. That's what it is. Um, But... What I like is that it's not in your face. If it was Americanized, they would have been obvious about it four or five times. Yeah. Um, And there is, just in this scene, there is so much crazy shit that I have seen so far (laughs) uh, that it makes me feel like the animals were like, oh, is that, you like that? Check this This out. out. (laughs) Hold my Uh beer. (laughs) Uh, Haku can fly, huh? Was this... uh... After he puts the frog in the bubble... He grabs her, feet come off the ground, and they fly through everybody. Matrix style. Oh, yeah. Why don't you just well, do that at the beginning? Well, here's the thing. I think that is more of a motion trick to, like, dashing or sprinting past. Because when Haku gets Chihiro up initially, there's that scene where it looks like they're gliding. Yeah. Because he's just pulling her so fast. So I think it's the same kind of thing. It's just a motion. It's kind a of style a, thing. It's a style. Okay. I wouldn't necessarily, he's flying it because he, at least from my understanding, he can't fly unless he's in dragon form. Right. In the beginning. That's what I thought. Yeah. So I think it's more of a, a mad dash, but he's, he has magical abilities. There it is. I was waiting for it. I was going to go magic. Yeah, he's got magic. Ma- magic. <laughs> You're up. It's magic, baby. Uh, Haku tells her friend... Haku tells her to find Kamaji, the boiler man, and make him give her a job. She must have a job to stay at the bathhouse, or else Yubaba, the old witch who rules the bathhouse, will turn her into an animal. If Chihiro wants to find and help her parents, who are still pigs, she'll have to stay and work. Haku knows her name and says that he's known her since she was very small. Interesting. Okay. Mm, an older boy. Why wouldn't Haku help her to leave? Uh, I think he did. He did. He tried to tell her to get out before it turned dark, and then it was too late. Okay. But there's also that empathy that comes from some of the spirits. Right, because they all have a level of empathy. It's just some are more evil than others with that empathy. Yeah. Now, is staying in this world the only way to stay alive? The only way from what this movie explains... Um. She wants to be with her parents again. She wants to save her parents. The only way she can do that is to, number one, you got to keep, I guess, eating the food. Yes. Or else you will just disappear. Right. Food is a big part of this movie. Yes. And then she has to stay. But clearly they have a huge problem with humans. Yeah. So she's got to work and be a part of this bathhouse to stay. Okay. What do you think of Kamaji? Oh, he's the coolest fucking character. What do you like about him? He's just got that like cool uncle vibe, but he's also go, you know, got six fucking arms that extend Mm -hmm. and dude's just a G like, he's just like one of those old timers that you can sit down and just like play chess and shoot the shit with here. Now I, I know that you're not against the live action. Not happening. Just listen. What if Kamaji was played by James Hong? I don't give a shit. Do you know who he is? Who is it? Wait, is it uh, Wong from uh, uh, MCU? No. No, James Hong 
is uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, <laughs> no. With six arms? No. That actor? Doesn't work. I would yes, love James Hong as give that. Give you the job. Oh, he'd be so great as No, he would not. <laughs> I know this character. That I'm going to keep throwing live action ideas that you hear. Uh, you can totally gonna, do it. I'm going to try to chisel can, you down. I, you know what? I will keep uh, Megara as uh, Lynn. Or Rin. I have a very bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what else you got? One thing to note is that I love, especially with anime mm-hmm. movies and typical mainstream ones, not so much like non-mainstream I love how this movie, the main character isn't like some princess that's has powers deep within her, isn't like a you know the princess or just it's just I, th- I feel like this is such a she's so grounded given the circumstances. Yeah, and I'm like on board with this journey of like she's just having to deal with this shit. I like it because she's accessible to not just girls, but boys can get in on this too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there is nothing about her that is strictly female. Yeah. Uh, she's a female character by circum- just by circumstance of the movie, yeah. not by design. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that was brilliant in 2001 because – Although he made it for 10-year-old girls, boys can watch this and be like, okay, she, I, I, could, a, I would make the same decision here or stuff like that. As a 10-year-old, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally like am with you on this. Right. Chihiro. Uh, That's fucked up. I was 10 when this came out. I know. Chihiro descends a steep, winding, railless wooden stairway in search of Kamaji in the boiler room. When she finds them, she sees a weird setup in which the boiler is fed by spider-like creatures delivering coal one lump lump at a time. And the machinery is controlled by a bearded, bald man played by James Hong with six arms and dark glasses, Kamaji. She asks for a job, but he says no after grumbling that he has all the workers he needs. Chihiro has to keep moving to stay out of the way of Kamaji and the soot balls. She picks up a lump of coal that's too heavy for one of the soot ball carrying it and almost too heavy for her. Kamaji tells her to finish what she started, so she hauls it over to the furnace and tosses it in. All the soot balls pretend to collapse under the weight of their coal so they won't have to work, but Kamaji scolds them and Chihiro, saying that if they don't keep working, the spell will wear off. The soot balls are unionized. (laughs) I I think I'm coming to the realization that I think both my favorite scenes in this movie take place in the boiler room. Okay. This one and then when they break the spell. Oh, he just goes, here you go, and cuts her fingers in half. But then put the mouse in the soot monster. Yeah. <laughs> that was um, a cool little touch in there, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so f***ing funny. But this is a cool thought-out scene. This is a, this. You know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of labyrinth-style creativity. I was just about to say, just that type of like design world. Yes. It just had the vibe. Once again, the sound design in this movie mm-hmm. is brilliant. Yeah. And... Who fucking thinks of this setting? Well, it's like and Bill, characters. It's like Bill Burr says, yeah, I don't know. Star Wars. Someone came up with Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the sitballs, the weatherman, they're all pretty unique and creative visual. Again, that would be an awesome live action scene. Shut up. Dark. Not happening. And all you can see is the two arms. Then he kind of turns around. You see two more arms. You're like, what the fuck is that? Two more arms. Arm balls currying. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> uh, like, this is 
a 30 minute section of a TV show. You could do an episode just of this scene. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think it was such a smart move to have the soot demons um, have personality. They're not just like slaves, like, you know, well, (laughs) they're unionized. If you're going to help, we're all going to quit. We're all going to quit. You can do it better than us. Then we're all walking out. That's what it was. He's like, (laughs) and then, you know, just like me, all took with some food. (laughs) A young woman comes in with food for Kamaji and the soot monsters. I don't like that. Soot balls. (laughs) Just a young woman comes in with food for Kamaji and the soot demons. The woman is shocked to see Chihiro, the human, but Kamaji says that she's his granddaughter and asks the woman to take Chihiro to Yubaba, who will give her a job. The woman, whose name is Lin, only agrees when Kamaji offers a roasted newt. She be- what the fuck? Brusquely. She brusquely tells Chihiro to leave her shoes and socks behind and to thank the boiler man. Is she feeding them Lucky Charms? I always thought they were little candies. Okay. All right. Like little hard, like... <laughs> Little hard candies. They were just like little colored stars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, is she, because here I am sitting there going, okay, I'm looking for the symbolism piece of this. Is she actually his granddaughter? No. Okay. No, he's He is like Haku. He has empathy. Yeah. And he shows kindness. Because Yubaba later on says, you can call me granny. No, that is um, Zanita? twin. Zabina? Zabina. Zaniba. Thank you. That's her twin, Zaniba. Okay, because that's two things we've heard that are family-related, granddaughter or grandfather and grandmother. Which, for a 10-year-old, those would be grandparents. That And that's why I was like, are these symbolic of that? I would say maybe, because okay. depending on your relationship with your grandparents, right? like Zaniba was very loving, like make you cookies, make you comfortable. And then at least for my grandfather, it was like, he's working, but he still like cares. You would almost need a scene right before they get in the car to go to their new house where they, as they're leaving their town, they stop by the local cemetery to say goodbye to their family for the last time as they move to this new place. And she hasn't, uh, and she, and they're her grandparents. And then they go there and this makes sense now. Okay. The correlation that I'm putting in my head makes sense. Okay. But yes, for this movie, no. Okay. She is not. He is just because they don't want like them, you know, they'll just take the human to Yubaba and she'll turn her in a pig. Speaking of, they take three elevators to Yubaba's rooms on the top floor, seeing many of the bathhouse clients. An elevator operator who hasn't spotted Chihiro tells Lynn she smells just like a human. Is Lynn a human? No. Okay. Lynn distracts him with the roasted newt that Kamaji gave her while Chihiro escapes in the last elevator with a radish spirit. They arrive at a courtyard-like room with a mosaic floor and two big front doors. Chihiro tries to open one. The door knocker says, Aren't you even going to knock? You're the most pathetic little girl I've ever seen. The door is open and the same voice tells her to come in. She's pulled through the halls into a firelit room in which several disembodied green heads bounce around. Did I... Drop some LSD before this started? Oh, it gets weird. Oh. It gets real weird. I was sitting there going, I'm giving up on the symbolism piece. I think they're just throwing shit at the wall at this one. This this was the first thing that popped in my mind when I heard Alice in Wonderland. Okay. The doorknobs. Yeah. Well, but, I saw the doorknobs, and the first thing I thought was Labyrinth. Oh, uh, look. When it they has two door it knockers. That, yeah, it has One of us is lying. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but I thought it was a nice touch that the doorknob wasn't uh, its own character. Okay. It's just an extension of the witch. Yeah. It's um, also, this is a descent, I believe. They're going down and not up, right? No, they're going up. Oh, they're going up. Okay. To, yeah, to the very top. Okay. Because that it was like, I can see now, like this is the traveling part into the depths of Never or uh, Wonderland. Yeah. So it's it's just the inverse. Yeah. The higher you go, the, okay. Now I will say this, it does drag a bit here because there's a lot of just sitting in the elevator looking at the radish spirit like, uh-huh. Okay. You're going to press the button? I press the button? Who press the button? Did you press the button? <laughs> I, yeah okay i can i can see that yeah i think it's a nice because a lot happened before and it's a nice breather to come back to what's gonna happen yeah next i thought of more of like look at our artwork and how amazing it is yeah like we're gonna pause here on this one person for about three seconds just check out the lines check out the lines that check you put the there <laughs> those scratch marks those intentional scratches tell us about you baba Yubaba, an old woman with a huge head, works at a desk. <laughs> Chihiro asks for a job, but Yubaba calls it foolishness, making makes disparaging remarks about Chihiro and zips her mouth shut with magic. Gosh, you're an upbeat lady. <laughs> <laughs> then lighting up a cigarette, she considers what to do with Chihiro. She lifts the silencing spell to ask Chihiro who helped her, but Chihiro ain't no f***ing snitch. <laughs> <laughs> Only continues to ask for work, which makes Yubaba angry. When Chihiro persists, Yubaba offers her to give her the most difficult job she's got and work her until she breathes her last breath. Jesus. Oh, yeah. This is a good shit. <laughs> They're interrupted when Yubaba's enormous baby, Bo, walks up, which Yubaba blames on Chihiro. Typical. Chihiro <laughs> keeps asking for work, and Yubaba finally agrees to give her a job if she'll be quiet. Chihiro signs a contract with Yubaba and says, I can't believe I took that oath to give a job to anyone who asks. Yubaba, observing that Chihiro has a pretty name, magically lifts all the characters but one from Chihiro's name. Now, she is Sin. Ha, 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 ha. Enter Haku. Yep. Haku, pretending not to know her, comes to show her what to do. He says she must address him as Master Haku. Okay, so he's pretend. That's good to know because I thought he had also forgotten right away. Also, because it seems like everybody forgets shit in this right away. Oh no! Uh, and Jihiro brings that up. She's like, "Is there two Hakus?" Yeah, because she was even confused. But yes, Haku's pretending because he wants to keep her safe. Pretty cool. Is it people's mouth shut though? Oh my god! I wish I had that power. I would use it on students. One hundred percent. <laughs> oh, sorry. You wanted to interrupt me one more time? Dude, I can't stop staring at that lump on her forehead. Uh, it's pretty grotesque. That thing looks like the, the mole on that one woman's face on Uncle Buck. Oh, yeah. Here's, here's a quarter. Go downtown and find a rat that to gnaw that not... thing off your face. Yeesh. <laughs> Yeesh. And, um, I'm not going to lie. This is a bit traumatic for a 10-year-old. Yeah, it's great. The claw, the the fucking claws around the neck. Well, not even claws. They're just her hands with the nails around her neck. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sitting there going... He wrote this for a 10-year-old girl? Really? Yeah. He's got five daughters. He doesn't know what their sensibilities are? Jesus. <laughs> no, it's just because Weston's weak. All <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> uh, none, of, none of the workers want to take Chihiro slash Sen into their department. Can we just call her Sen at this point? Yeah. Okay, she's Sen now. Uh, complaining that she smells bad. <laughs> Ah, oh, what is that stench? It's fantastic. 
Uh, but Haku says her smell will be gone after three days of eating their food. Haku assigns Sen to work with Lin because Lin has been asking for an assistant. Lin takes Sen to their room, which they share with several others, and gives her work clothing. Lin warns Sen that she must be careful what she says to Haku because he's Yubaba's henchman. If I was Chihiro, I would be cowering in the corner at this point. That's a lot for one night. Yeah, it is. That's a lot. And again, I thought Lin was human. Uh, yeah, no. No, there's a lot of human-like demons and spirits. Yeah. But unless they just got roped into working, then they're not. But I don't think, I think this is the first time a human has actually joined the ranks. And also, you know, at the beginning, I mentioned about how, I joked about how Chihiro is kind of like the most mature of the three right now. She's the one that's like the stay on point, get to where we need to go. Uh, I don't understand. Maybe it's because they were trying to portray her at the very beginning as kind of whiny and pigheaded that they want to put her in a position where it's like, now we're going to humiliate you till you learn your lesson. I think there's growth throughout the, obviously there's growth. Okay. Even like the last sentence Chihiro speaks at the very end. Oh, that I'm ready. There is growth. Yeah. I think I can handle it. I think it was. Yeah. Yes. And I think this is a very down to earth and realistic way of growth. Okay. I see it as. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause I can understand that's where they started from. Child forced into the adult world. Yeah. Literally. You are forced into working. Right. And being an adult. I just wish, I, I wish there was a more obvious rationale for it. You know what I mean? For what? Like for why her? Oh, why Chihiro? Yeah. Magic, baby. <laughs> Uh, I no, love it. I, I love it's, it. <laughs> it's just, you know, uh, why Hercules? It, well, he's a unique individual. Why? Demigod. <laughs> okay, but... Uh, Percy Jackson. Demigod. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Labyrinth. Oh, when it comes to Jennifer Connelly? She wishes her brother away. Shit. <laughs> I, th- I uh, all I can say is like, look, it's just random happening. It's just random okay. happenstance. That's okay. okay. She just she was like a child that doesn't ask to be brought into this world. Shit just happens. Shit just fucking happens. Speaking of, Yubaba turns into a bird with a human head and flies off her balcony with a smaller but otherwise identical human-headed bird. Who the hell was that? What is happening? I who's the other bird? It's magic, baby. I just want something so explained. <laughs> all, okay, but all I can try to explain from my uh, intake of this movie yeah. is this is another extension of her magic, just like the doorknob. This is her like watchdog. Okay, so because that bird patrols. The surroundings. Magic is the through line through this whole movie. And you are right. It's, it's not, I've been joking around about it, but when you do say magic, that is it. It is magic. It's the spirit world. Their laws, uh, yeah, their laws don't apply to us. They have no laws. Except well, your ass is working in a restaurant. For the rest of your life. For the rest of your die. life. Um, 
I'll do this next part and you do the big part coming up here. Okay. As Sen lies sleeping among her new co-workers, Haku's voice says to meet him at the bridge and that he'll take her to her parents. She wakes up, dresses in her new clothes, and goes down to the boiler room where she left her shoes. Okay. It's about time. Now we're moving the story along. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Go for it. Sen makes her way out to the bridge where a semi-transparent spirit is standing. Creepy as hell. It wears a white mask and a black robe. Silently, it watches her cross. Mm-hmm. It was standing in the same spot in the middle of the bridge when she crossed the night before. Haku- and saw her. Because it yeah. turns around to see her. Yeah. yeah. He says that she must never come here. Haku finds her at the other side and leads her through the flowering shrubs to the huge piggery. <laughs> Is that really... We're going to go with Piggery. Okay. <laughs> I, wh- where, where did you get this synopsis, by the way? This is from IMDb. Whoever wrote it needs to have their permissions revoked. I mean. Because I clean this up and it's still fucking jank. A, it's a Piggery. Sure. <laughs> a pig pen. A pig pen. The Piggery. He says she must never come here without him. She identifies a couple of sleeping pigs there. <laughs> she identifies a couple of sleeping pigs. There are hundreds. She identifies a couple of the sleeping pigs out of the hundreds as her parents and c- promises to help them. Haku says she must remember which pigs are her parents. He gives her back her old clothes, which she'll need to escape, and a card with her real name on it. Chihiro is Chihiro which Sen has almost forgotten already. Haku explains the Ubaba exerts power over people by stealing their names. She must not forget hers as he has forgotten his already. He gives her something to eat. She cries as she eats and he tries to comfort her. Then Haku has to go, leaving her at the bridge. When she turns back to look at him, she's a dragon flying, flying away. When she sees, when she turns back to look for him, she sees a dragon flying away and realizes it's Haku. Later, Kamaji finds Sen asleep on the floor of the boiler room. He tucks her in. And again, now that I've put this together, I don't have to say what I've said there. Uh, He's a dragon. Yeah. And okay, because this is something I don't get answered by the end either. And I was wondering if you could help me out with this. What is no face? What's it supposed to be? Is it supposed to mean something? He is... Like I I forget what the actual spirit is, but he he resembles an actual spirit in the Japanese mythology that has no face and just a sh- almost a shapeless body um, that are, that have generally uh, bad intentions okay. and trick people. Okay. I take this no face as a representation of adults who I thought it was her childhood. Because doesn't she leave it behind? I'd say yes. Like the id of childhood, which is it's all about what you want, what you want. Because it acts very much like uh, I'm going to offer you something. And if you don't take it, well, I'm going to have a fucking temper tantrum and eat you. Okay. I take it as adults needing um, constant, just just a needing of constant things. Yeah. And when we don't get those things how we deal with them. Mm-hmm. Just an overall sense of just greed. Okay. That, okay. That was another piece I got out of it was the greed part. Yeah. Just greedy and people looking for 
things that will not fulfill them. Okay. Because no face isn't fulfilled until he gets love and yeah. is like given um, a purpose. Okay. Yeah, because I keep looking for a purpose for the character being introduced yeah. in this adventure. Uh, in Alice in Wonderland, every character that's introduced has a purpose to what Alice's growth is. Uh, and so I keep I keep looking for that in this. Uh, and it's a little bit different because I'm going across cultures here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you Baba Bird <laughs> and her smaller companion fly home through the heavy rain. Inside the bathhouse, Lynn asks Sen where she was. Sen apologizes but doesn't explain. Sen, Lynn, and other girls wash a floor until a man comes to say they got they get the big tub, though the women don't usually get that kind of work. That's frog's work. <laughs> As Sen dumps her pail out the garden door, she sees the silent spirit from the bridge standing outside in the rain looking in. She asks if he's getting wet and leaves the door open for him, and he follows her in. You done up. You know, working in a bathhouse is not very sanitary. It's like right above, like cleaning a, a champagne room floor. Yeah, it's, this kind of gross work for a ten-year-old kid. Oh, absolutely! This <laughs> I is feel bad for filthy. This yeah, when she gets in the tub and they're scrubbing it, I'm like, "Fuck me, no!" Oh yeah, just, I'd rather die. <laughs> she's like, she steps in it and just like there's the animation of her just shivering from the oh from yeah. her ankles to her toe from her to her head. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the. Uh, they discover that the big tub is encrusted with a thick sludge, and will need to be soaked before. Uh, they've cleaned it properly. So Lynn sends Sen to the foreman for a herbal bath token far above in her apartment. Yubaba senses something approaching. She looks out and wonders who is slinking around in the rain, a spirit that looks like a pile of mud. Is it bad that when I saw this, I immediately thought of the shit monster in dogma. Not at all. Not what at all. is that? Oh shit. What? <laughs> No, that is that is your first. That's a good first instinct. Yeah, because it stinks. It's covered in what looks like a brownish. Oh yeah, no mud is a very polite way of saying this thing is like a giant shit monster. Yeah, it's disgusting. And they send the ten year old to deal with it. <laughs> well, yeah, they hate her. the The foreman refuses to give Sen a soap token. It's not a soap token. It's a bath token. The foreman refuses to give Sen a bath token. But no face liberates one for her. As they fill the big tub to soak it clean, Lynn says the water contains salts that are supposed to be good for you. No face approaches Sen and offers a handful of bath tokens. When she politely turns them down, he seemingly disappears in disappointment, and the tokens fall to the floor. She's distracted when the big tub overflows. That is one big pile of shit. It really is. <laughs> like people, like these characters 50 yards away are like falling over and turning blue. I was surprised nothing was animated of people throwing up. I mean, honestly, they could have. That yeah. could have been something that they cut Like out. they put everything else in this movie. Why not have that moment yeah. too? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Yubaba's identified the walking mud pile as a stink spirit. Though she's suspicious that he isn't really. The staff fails to fend him off. So Yubaba assigns Sen to take him to the big bath and clean him. Ugh. Sen can hardly speak because she sm because he smells so bad. He's surrounded by a pool of purple stank, <laughs> and he gets in the big tub, which overflows with brownish slime. It is Golgathon. Oh, Splash overflow. I thought she didn't take the bath tokens. 
She took the one that she needed. Oh, I thought she didn't take any, and she, he just dropped them on the floor, and then she walked away. No, 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 no. So the foreman told her to buzz off. Yeah. And uh, No Face handed her one. Okay. Which was a really good one, because Lynn's like, how did you get your hands on? That's a really good one. I must have been typing when that happened. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. then he comes back with more, and she's like, oh, I don't need more. I just needed the one. Right. Did you finish this? Uh, we were... Yubaba and the foreman watch as Sen tries to clean the stink spirit. She uses the silent spirit's herbal bath tokens to order up some good cleansing hot water. As Lin arrives to help, Sen feels something like a thorn in the stink spirit's side. Yubaba decides this is important and gives Sen rope to tie to the thorn, which has a handle. With help from all the staff, they pull a bicycle out of the spirit's body, followed by an entire junkyard. When the slime clears, an ancient-looking brown face with shaggy eyebrows appears and says, Well done to Sen. He seems to disappear leaving her with a handful of something greenish. Then he explodes out of the tub as a giant white dragon and flies away, leaving lots of gold behind. Yubaba is delighted. The guest was a river spirit in distress, not a stink spirit. Sen sees no face sitting in the corner apart from all the excitement. The scene after they they pull the (laughs) the bicycle out, it just starts... Pouring out, yeah. Still, like it, it's just junk, but it's so gross. It is, and the animation is just top notch. It reminds me of all the videos you see of people popping zits. Oh god, where it's just like it keeps going, and you're like, all that was in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, this was actually taken from uh, Hayao pulling a bike out of a clogged river when he was younger. Yeah, yeah, I so read is, that. Yeah, so you, she can just conjure anything. You bother just. We need rope. Yeah, she's a witch. And when did she turn empathetic? She was a bitch earlier. Gold. Uh, the greed. Greed. Greed element. Okay, so we have greed and we have a don't pollute our river story. Yeah. Another really cool bit is if you pay attention, I, I think the, the river spirit, the face is very cool. And I don't know if you noticed, but it's basically just like, the top half of a skull uh-huh. with eyebrows and then rope that's tied to the top jaw yeah. and connecting the lower jaw. Oh. It's just rope. Okay. It's real fucked up. I did not notice that. Yeah. It's oh. super cool little details. That's weird. Ooh. Okay. At bedtime, Lin and Sen sit on their balcony eating dumplings. When Sen asks about Haku, Lin says the word is he does Yubaba's dirty work. They watch train go by on the water. Lin says she has to get out of that place. Someday I'm getting on that train. That midnight train to Georgia. Okay, Sen chased the green stuff the river spirit gave her, but finds it repulsive. I, I said this earlier. I feel like this would be better served in a TV series. It could be done as a TV series. Animated TV series. Yeah. I mean, look, I would watch the three hour version of this movie. So what? Six episodes. Now make it live action. No, (laughs) stop. You're already (laughs) going to ruin the last of us. I don't need anything else made into a live action. (laughs) Disney's already ruined all my childhood movies. We don't know. They're going to ruin the last of us yet. Mm -hmm. Y.E.T. Underline apostrophe. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that night, the frog who first saw Chihiro on the bridge goes into the room with the big tub and meets No Face, who lures him closer with little gold nuggets. No Face eats the frog and thereafter uses his voice. He asks another employee for food and pays with more gold, which seems to grow in his hands as needed. Well, this is freaking crazy. This scene freaked me the f out in theaters. <laughs> 
I because I did not see this coming at all. Right. Because it's just this monolith that walks around, and you're it like does nothing. It just goes. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that's like okay. Now I'm gonna eat you. And it's not. It's not just like a. I feel. I feel like in the American version of this, it would just like cut to black, and you hear it. But I mean, full on grabs him and oh yeah, fucking gobbles him up. This is something I'd like to see Jim Henson's crew work with. Jim Henson? Yeah, the Muppets. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm not good yeah. with names. No, yeah, Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Oh, that'd be cool. They'd have a ball with this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Live action style. Right? No. Yeah, you're agreeing with me now. Okay, keep going. <laughs> hypotheticals. <laughs> they're hypotheticals. The next morning after a bad dream, Lynn shows Sen a lump of gold from the new guest here who's loaded. Yeah, baby. And all the women are so excited to take it all. The formerly silent. Oops. <laughs> Wrong <Ooh>. one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We need, we need the Amber Heard. Uh, go ahead. Sound clip. I don't have one yet. The formerly silent <laughs> spirit is eating everything the staff can bring him, growing larger and larger, all while dispensing gold. Sen goes to look for Haku. Does she remember her family or is she assuming it's a dream? The whole thing with her going to the pig pen and she can't find Th- her parents? Like, does she think this is a dream right now? No. Okay. Uh, and if she doesn't remember her name, how does she remember her family? Well, she has, that's, that's the whole thing is she's struggling. Okay. She has the card yeah. to remember. And then she just has to remember what her parents look like as pigs. Okay. To the other thousands of pigs. Yeah. Uh, a white dragon that Sen recognizes as Haku flies across the river, lands with a splash, and then seems to be attacked by white birds. Sen opens her balcony doors so the dragon can fly into her room and closes the doors on the birds, which turn out to be made of Paper. Yeah. This gets nice. Attacked by origami. And like, to the point, one paper cut hurts bad enough. Bunch of them is a pain in the ass. Oh my God. The dragon, Haku, is bleeding everywhere. When he, oh my God, when he flies in, his tail slaps the window. And yes. The blood splatters. Right. It's so gnarly. <laughs> he flies up and out of the window. Sen, worried, goes after him while one of the pieces of paper attaches itself to her back. She runs into No Face, who is glad to see her and offers her gold. She declines, and the spirit is disappointed again, dropping the gold, which is eagerly snatched up by all the other employees. At this moment, the spirit eats multiple of the greedy staff members as they panic. Has Sen's rejection of this gifts turned him evil? Well, paper cuts, that'll take down a dragon? Uh, I think enough paper cuts will take anybody down. Uh, how much blood they've drawn? <laughs> He's going to bleed out, if anything. <laughs> the rich just want to suck everyone else dry. Okay, I'm getting some vibes here, which might be subtle messaging. <laughs> she doesn't take the gold, and everyone else goes after it, so the spirit eats those who are greedy. Right? I think he's just throwing a tantrum. He's just upset. He's just not getting what he wants. But if she had taken it, would he have eaten her? I don't think... Because her generosity seems to be what saves her in all these things. I don't think at any moment... Even, see, I don't know what he would have done if he got a hold of Zen. Yeah. But I feel that even, even if if he... If his gifts were accepted by Chihira or Sen, mm-hmm. um, she would have to keep doing that to make him happy. Right. But it's something that he wants that he's not going to get. So, I don't know. Maybe he might eat her. He's a evil spirit. Yeah. That's the message I'm he's getting a, there. He's is a monster. She's the one light in a room of dark. 
and he would have eaten her if the dark had taken hold. I also think it could be that there's a not there's it's the portrayal of adults and from what a kid standpoint is yeah. of greed because they don't understand that money makes the world go round. Money can't buy you happiness. Go fuck yourself. It can absolutely buy you a jet to paradise. I'd rather I'd rather cry in a Lamborghini. Absolutely. Every <laughs> fucking day. Um, so I don't know if that's just another exaggeration of like seeing adults clamor to things, objects. Yeah. Like I remember like to my comparison, it's like seeing adults on Black Friday when Black Friday was a thing. I thought they were acting like animals. That's why the beginning of Krampus is so amazing. <laughs> uh, Sen finds herself climbing up the outside of the towering bathhouse. She notices that she has some of Haku's blood on her hand. The paper moves from her back to her hair. The paper's just kind of going on for a ride now. Sen turns to see the Yubaba bird flying back into her rooms at the top of the bathhouse. Sen tries to get in through a window. The paper slips through and unlocks it for her. Convenient. She goes through a bathroom door or bathroom down a hall to a playroom where the paper enables her to hear Yubaba, who complains into the phone that the problem guest is a no-face spirit who's eating people and that Haku is bleeding all over the goddamn carpet. She callously tells someone to get him out of here. He'll be dead soon anyway. Yubaba comes to the playroom where Sen is still hiding and digs through the cushions to find the big baby. When Yubaba leaves, the baby Bo baby. baby grabs Sen and accuses her of being a germ from outside coming to make him sick. He's bored and demands for her to stay and play with him. When Sen declines, he threatens to break her arm if she won't play with him. So she shows him Haku's blood on her hand. Germs! And he lets go, screaming in panic. Baby's a dickhead. Baby's a dick. And where was she going at the beginning? I feel like the story is just moving her into situations rather than letting her motivations tell the story. Yeah. So I, I just, I'm at a point now where I'm like, I, I feel like the adventure, the different scenes are running the show rather than the plot itself. Like they're trying to go, let's put her in another, let's put her in another situation. Cause I don't understand the point of this scene in the overall narrative. And I'm starting to go back and go, well, what was the point of this scene? What's the point of this scene? Because if I can't understand what the symbolism is, I feel like I'm watching a bunch of, I'm eating a bunch of appetizers instead of having a meal. Okay. You know what I mean? Am I saying it right? I don't know. No, I, I get what you're saying. Um, the only, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I think for me, this is, she's trying to help Haku. Yeah. So she follows him where he goes. And then obviously she can't be seen by Yubaba and then just happens to hide behind the one curtain and the baby yeah. Grabs so, big baby. It's just the part of the path that she's on. Okay. All right. Magic. Magic, baby. I'm just going to keep saying that. The magic man. Uh, Sen goes out to the main room where Haku lies bleeding in dragon form. Bo follows big baby and again demands that Sen play with him. The paper turns into a woman who looks just like you, Baba. She turns the baby into a mouse when he mistakes her for his mother. Jesus, that was harsh. She also turns the smaller you, Baba bird into a tiny bug like bird and turns the three green heads into a facsimile of the big baby. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Now the baby's size matches the size of his brain. And this is where I was like, I don't get this movie anymore. <laughs> I just don't get it. But I am so glad we are doing this movie. Good, good. I am, first of all, I want to thank you for making me watch this. Of course, I'm going to pull you into waters you don't trend very often. 
And what's good about this is for anybody listening, if you are an anime fan and you have a friend that's not, this is the type of conversation you can be you can get ready to hear when you do this. Cuz yeah. it's good there's some pushback culturally that you're going to have to deal with. Okay. I'll do this last one here and then you can go. Okay. Okay. The woman explains she's Zaniba, Yubaba's twin sister. Why the fuck not? She says, "How could tell?" Oh, just a little dash here. Okay, fuck it. Here we go. Twin sister. What's do that next? Uh, She says Haku stole her magical golden seal and she wants it back. The seal carries a curse that Zaniba says will kill anyone who steals it. She says he's a thief. He not only took Zaniba's steel, but plans to steal Yubaba's magic as well. Haku snaps his tail and shreds the paper, which is lying on the rug. This action slices Zaniba in half from top to bottom. Oh, a paper cut. Is Zaniba paper? Or is this a spell thing that happens? It was a spell. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because she wants her seal back. So it. just think of Morbius. Yes. And but does he turn into bats? I don't want to think about Morbius. I haven't seen it, so I don't fucking know. <laughs> he doesn't okay. turn into bats. No. Dracula. Dracula. Okay. Turns into a swarm of bats. Okay. She is going and following and attacking and trying to get her seal back. So she was the paper. She was the paper. Okay. That's but good. She's still at her cottage in Swamp Bottom. Okay, so... This is just a spell. She made the paper appear, attacked, and then lost one of her pieces. The piece brought the piece brought the Chihiro piece. back to Yubaba. Yes. Now because I know she why she's there. The seal. Now I know why she's there. Oh, there you go. The, she, the paper magically pulled her towards Yubaba to return to the source. Well, that's why she helped open the door for Sen, because she couldn't get in. That's... Yes. She's... Make she's getting her there. It's brought her she's there. Getting her to that seal. Now it makes sense. Okay, cool. We've got a we've got a through line. Yes. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> Haku and Sen <laughs> fall through the hole in the hearth down a long shaft, almost landing among some evil-looking spirits before Haku, still in dragon form, revives enough to fly them out to the boiler room. Once there, Haku collapses. He's still bleeding profusely. Yes. Kamaji says it looks serious. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, that's pretty bad. (laughs) You got to get that. You're getting a Band-Aid or something. (laughs) (laughs) He thrashes and struggles. Oh, shit. Sen makes him... Once there. Shit. Shit. (laughs) Kamaji says it looks serious. He seems to be bleeding from the inside. Sen brings out the the green orb that the river spirit gave him. Yeah. And force feeds him. He thrashes and struggles and spits it up. Oh, my God. Who fucking... I should have taken better... You're, no, you're reading this right. Holy shit just shit. happens. <laughs> no, 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 no. Kamaji says it looks serious. Yes. He seems to be bleeding from the inside. Sin makes him eat the part, the bit of the, oh my God. Sin, Sin makes, makes him, him eat, eat part of the river spirit's gift. Thank you. He thrashes and struggles and spits up Zaniba's gold seal and a black slug which sends steps on and kills. This is one of my favorite bits. Haku changes back to human form, but he's still ill and unconscious. Sen takes the seal. So that cute little slug was masquerading as a big ass dragon? No, that wasn't the dragon. Right, no, but that's ha- what I was thinking. Haku of is the dragon. But that's what I was thinking at the time was that Haku swallowed the slug, became a dragon. No. Okay. Because no. that's what I that's what I thought. Zaniba planted that in him. Which and, we find out later. Yes. So yes. Haku is her slave. Yeah. No, but at the time, that's what I was, I was like, 
Okay. That cute little makes guy? Makes sense. Okay, makes sense. That cute little guy. Just a little itty bitty black slug. Yeah, then she steps on the mother. <laughs> squeezes it. Squeezes. This movie reminds me of another time I was confused about what the hell was going on, and that was Tenet. Remember when we talked about Tenet, and I was like, I looked at Joel an hour in, I was like, what's this movie about? And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> but it's cool. <laughs> hey, the music was trash. Wow. The story was <laughs> difficult to follow, to say the least. But visually, that shit was tight. It was, look, visually, it's appealing. Uh, no, this movie has a lot on Tenet. They got a lot more going for it in this one <laughs> than Tenet did. Okay, at least, yeah. at least in this, the music's good. Okay. Kamaji says Haku, like Chihiro, appeared at the bathhouse out of nowhere and became pale-faced and steely-eyed once Yubaba took him as her apprentice and got control of him. He thinks Zaniba might be able to help if Sen asks, though Zaniba is very dangerous. Sen agrees. She says Haku helped her and now she wants to help him. What about her parents? Stay on point, kid. Get your parents to get the fuck out. <laughs> They'll be there. They know, she doesn't Haku's know where dying. they are. Haku's dying. She's known Haku for 24 hours. And Haku did not help her at all. He absolutely did. He helped her get enslaved. And brought her to the parents. <laughs> you know, Haku throughout is doing his best to help her as much as he can without raising any alarm to... Um, not Zaniba, Yubaba. How about I meet you halfway on this? Haku is trying to help her stay alive with the idea that there is no returning. So let me help you stay alive here. And it's not till later we realize there is a way to return. And then he begins to help her that way. I think it's simpler than that. Oh, okay. I think because he knows her. Yeah. From the, from the past. Yes. That he has, and this is only explained later. Right. He already has a protective relationship with her. He loves her in a way. Okay. So when we talked earlier about Jennifer Connelly and Labyrinth, why her? The why here is he protected her. He saved her. Right. He saved her life. We know that. Okay. So, okay. That's not quite there, but I, I get it. Lynn comes to say, I said that wrong. Lynn. It's okay. I've oh, been Megara. Okay. Fucking 10 times. Lynn ever. comes to say the silent spirit is a monster called No Face who has swallowed three people. Seems like he's eaten more than that. Hasn't it's it? only three. Yeah. Sen admits that she let him in, though Lynn implies she'll get in big trouble for it. Kamaji gives Sen train tickets, a rare treasure to go to Zaniba's house at Swamp Bottom. He says the train only runs one way now, though it used to go in both ways. Sen will have to walk back along the tracks. When Lin wonders what's going on with Sen and Haku, Kamaji says, something you would recognize. It's called love. Meanwhile, No-Face is calling for Sen. Yubaba tells Sen to get every last bit of gold out of No-Face, who has grown huge and bloated. Boy, thick. Before evicting him from the bathhouse. Before Sen goes in to see No-Face, Yubaba asks, What's that dirty mouse doing here? She doesn't recognize the mouse as her baby. Um, Does she forget shit too? Who? Yubaba. What has she forgotten? That the mouse is her baby. She don't know that. Because Aniba did it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I think it would have been better if the twin, if the twin sister was a little different. 
if they just put a different color dress on. Maybe like different color dress or, or different, like different earrings. hair. Different earrings would have been good. Something subtle like that. Yeah. Uh, but they are like an exact match, which is confusing. Yeah. It must just be, it must just be a spirit thing mm-hmm. where you just don't know what human love is. Okay. And she can't recognize it. But that is like something I'm like, really? You would have never noticed it? But I guess not because you're a spirit. I, for me, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, the empathetic part. I, I mentioned earlier about how every, Sen is the light amongst all the dark right there. And she's the one showing the generosity all the time, which is kind of keeping her alive yeah. in this place. Um, and so when I see this, when I first watched, I'm so glad that you've explained a lot of this to me because I was lost yesterday or the okay. day before. At, at, at this point, I'm just watching images. I'm moving on a screen. Yeah, uh, I read that. I was like, oh, it's such a bummer. Yeah, but I think if if you dive into any type of medium from another country, there is an adjustment period if all you've seen is the echo chamber of your own country. Okay, no, but I think that is a very good observation and a very good point because I've... I've been watching anime since I was a little kid. Right, right. So and me, I, this is a this is a medium I've either avoided or it's brand new. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I was lost. I'm glad you were explaining a lot of this stuff. No Face offers Sen gold again, confiding, quote, I'm not giving it to anybody else, end quote. She tells him she wants to leave because she has somewhere important to go and that she should leave, to, that he should leave too because Yubaba doesn't want him in the bathhouse. She asks if he has somewhere to go. He doesn't. He complains that he's lonely. No, so lonely. No, no face says he wants Sen. She makes him eat the remainder of the River Spirit's gift instead, and it causes him to vomit uncontrollably. Sen hey, runs away. We got it. Sen runs away and gets him to follow her down many flights of stairs. Got shit, vomit, blood. Why we've not? The, we've got the Depp and Herd case right here, baby. <laughs> Just need a turd in the bed now. At the foot of the stairs, at the foot of the stairs, No Face coughs up a couple of the people he ate, who seem fine, and says, "I'll get you for this, Sen." He shrinks down to his original size. Lynn turns up in a tub-like boat to take Sen to the train station. Sen calls No Face to follow her to the train, saying he needs to get out of the bathhouse because it's making him crazy. She's sure he won't hurt him. No Face coughs up the frog, who swims away. The frog was the final piece. Yes, the first, yeah, the first person that he ate. Um, <laughs> I still laugh every time that he's like this giant freakish monster, and then when he's chasing, when he's like weak from all the heaving, he throws <laughs> up in the hallway. And just, Excuse me. He still has enough <laughs> decency to have manners. Yes, he's polite. He's polite. Yes. <laughs> you could say that Excuse Sen me. has rubbed off on him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the train comes, Sen and No Face go aboard. Sen presents their tickets to the conductor and they ride to Swamp Bottom, where Zaniba lives. Many of the passengers are transparent and No Face has reverted to transparency as well. The mouse, formerly the baby, and the bug bird are with them. The train travels over a landscape that's nearly all water. This is my only gripe with this movie. Okay. Is that, and it's it's kind of their own fault, you go from the bathhouse and everything leading up to this is, there's a lot going on. Yes. Artistic, even the slow parts, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Then there's so much momentum. You're on a train headed toward a cliff with no face, the giant monster right. wreaking havoc. And then you go to very somber landscapes, very, pl- not not plain, but just 
they're gorgeous. They're they are still beautiful, like illustrated. I think the tracks on water, the train moving on water looks so cool. It hits the brakes pretty fast. It hits the brakes really fast. Yeah. And it's like all that momentum is just gone. Yes. And it's not really like a breath. It's just like I just sprinted and now I'm I have to sit down. Yeah. No, you're right. Um yeah. In the boiler room, Haku wakes up and wakes Kamaji, who explains that Sen has gone to Zaniba's and that she broke Zaniba's spell and cured him with the power of pure love. No, she didn't. Aww. She shoved the river spirit's gift in his mouth. Ah. Well, no, she purged it. That's how that's what purged the the black slug. Right. And then the seal. So the seal had its own spell. The seal was whoever stole it is gonna die. But the only thing that can break that spell is true love. But you know why? Because spirits don't know what love is. Yes. So it has to be broken by someone who does and out of a, a act of pure love. Speak, okay, so she, right now, she got sucked in. Chihiro got sucked into the spirit world. Um, is she the first human to be sucked into the spirit world? No. Because clearly, the, no, but the only explanation for that is... I. <laughs> The animals. This is this is spirit world. Yeah. So they, they are they are they themselves are aware of humans. Okay. Um, I think there's a natural disdain for humans because of their destructive nature. Okay. Which, if you've watched any documentary of Hayao or about Hayao, he's a huge environmentalist. Mm-hmm. Like most of his money goes to charities to keep the environment healthy. Right. So I think that's where some of the disdain might come from because you're not welcome. Yeah. And I could, you know, it could also be like an underlying Japanese thing. of like, Hey, you're not one of us. You're not welcome here. One uh, of what? us. One uh, of us. Uh, I doubt it though. Um, <laughs> so one of us, one, one of, of us. <laughs> I think it is possible, obviously because of the Eastern mythos, yeah. you can pass through a gateway and enter the spirit world. Spirits are among us. Yeah. So they are just there, but we are not really aware of them. So I'm sure it has happened before. Okay. I'm sure. Yeah. At some point. I just realized you've probably talked more in this first part of the podcast than you ever have before, which is why your voice is so parched. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Normally you don't have to read this stuff. No, and I'm not going to ever again. <laughs> You'll I, can, do the, I can read in my head good. No, I can't read no out loud good. This is very, this is like almost Batman Begins details where the, you, you can't skip so anything. Poorly. But also when we do Road Warrior, it's going to be a lot less. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, it's a <laughs> lot less. Kinda. That's one you'll be reading. Uh, in Yubaba's room, the copy Big Baby is eating while Yubaba sits Big nearby with some of No Face's gold. Haku comes in and says that something precious to her has been replaced. When Yubaba looks closely, the baby turns back to the three heads and the gold turns to dirt. Ugh. Haku says, the baby is with your sister. Yubaba asks what he wants to get the baby back. Yubaba must tear up, sends contract, and return her with both parents to the human world. Haku replies, Yubaba agrees, but only if Sen can pass a final test. If she fails, she's mine. Sen and No-Face get off the train and go looking for Zaniba. There's a dry path to walk on. The tiny bird and the mouse take turns carrying each other but get tired, so Sen lets them ride on her shoulder. One more thing. A hopping lamppost leads them through the dark to Zaniba's house. Hello, Pixar. The door opens and Zaniba brusquely invites them in. Zaniba still looks just like Yubaba. She invites them to sit while she makes tea. Sen gives back the golden seal and apologizes for Haku. Zaniba says... 
He sliced me in two, you know, and I'm still angry. Sen thinks she's talking about the slug, which she admits to having squashed, but Zaniba says the slug was how you Baba controlled Haku. Only- <laughs> I love her reaction, too. She's like, he squashed it? She's like, my, my twin sister's a little bitch when it comes to magic, dude. Only love could have broken Zaniba's spell. Zaniba says the spell on the mouse and the tiny bird wore off long ago and they can change back whenever they want. They're busy with a spinning wheel, however, and show no interest in changing. See, people like to be enslaved. Zaniba says... Or purpose. <laughs> purpose. But isn't that the example of having no purpose is running on a wheel? Not to Easterners. Very good point. Thank you very much. Get in your head, Joe. Get it's a trap. <laughs> I highly recommend you go to Japan, but when you do... Mm. The one thing that you notice and which sticks with you is that everyone takes pride in their role. Right. And I mean everyone. Oh, well, yeah. When you get pulled into the... Uh, oh, here's a great example. When you're leaving at the airport on the plane, if you mm-hmm. look out, they're all bowing to you. Mm-hmm. Like everybody is respected. There's, there's not like a job that's like, oh, you're just a garbage man. Like, yeah, no, that dude has a purpose and he serves his role. Right. And we appreciate that. And they take their, they take pride in it. Yeah, we don't do that shit here. Oh f- no. <laughs> Look at that. He's making me cry. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever, don't ever fly from Japan to Chicago O'Hare. Zen- a bunch of miserable <laughs> cunts. Zaniba says Sen must help her parents on her own to do that. She must remember where she first met Haku. Great. Another trivia question. She asked Sen to call her granny. That's where I thought the grandmother thing happened. Yeah. Yep. Zaniba has become quite kindly. No face spins, and the mouse and the tiny bird knit a hair tie for Sen. Zaniba says it will protect her because her friends made it for her. She gave her a friendship bracelet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is up. This Am is, I this really is watching no face <clears throat> knit at this point? Finish the flick. Like, like I said, it, this is my only gripe is this from now on yeah. is a very different movie. Well, not very. No, but it's the just, pace drops. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't understand it. I was like, why? What's, what is this for? And when she gets the hair tie, I was expecting that at the end she'd, check and it'd be there if you're like oh this was real that happened like something like that but she never alludes to it again no because it was real the whole time the magic baby there it is the door rattles and Zaniba tells Sen to let in another guest it's Haku in dragon form we gotta tie everything out to know okay Zaniba says she'll forgive Haku if he takes care of Sen Zaniba asks No Face to stay with her quote I need a good helper and No Face agrees he got what he he net didn't get what he wanted, but yep. he got what he needed. Yep. You can't always get what you want. Sen tells Granny her real name, climbs on Haku's back with the mouse and tiny bird, and they fly off. As they fly, she remembers dropping her shoe in a river when she was very small, going in after it and fearing she would drown. But the river carried her to shore. It was the Kohaku River. Huh? Haku is the Kohaku River spirit. And can't find his way home because the river has been filled in. Environment. Haku changes from dragon hum, dragon to human, and for a while they enjoy free fall. 
There it is. That's his, that's his link right there to being the environmentalist that he is. Yeah. Yeah. It's been paved over. It's been paved over. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of bummed though when I found out that all he was was just, she dropped her shoe in there and he was like, okay, I'll help you out. Well, no, she dropped her shoe and she went in and she was drowning. Right. And he, he carried her to the shore and saved her because she almost drowned. Right. Right. Yeah. I was just kind of like, I guess I just wanted something more than that, but that works. Okay. It works. It works. Um, so it, okay. So I, this is where I was putting it. I said, is it being alluded to the, to that the reason he could remember his name was because man paved over the river. Therefore it no longer existed. No, he couldn't do that because Yubaba took it and he forgot. He's been working. He's been her henchman for so long. And also it's not merely, <laughs> it's not nearly, it's not merely enough that he signed a contract with her, just like Sen, where she took, um, where Yubaba took her name. Yeah. She put that black slug in him to control him. Gotcha. Okay. So he's, he, he was brainwashed. Yeah. He was just, he's going to follow every order that she gives. Yeah. And then also like, you know, hit his domain was forever. His home was gone. Right. Right. That's why I was like, okay, it was paved over. So that's, that was his reason for forgetting his name, but you're, you're a mix of both. Yeah. Sen and Haku fly in human form, landing in the bathhouse bridge. The mouse turns back to a baby who speaks up on Sen's behalf. Yubaba wants to give Sen the final test, though the baby objects, but Sen agrees that a deal's a deal. The test, Sen must pick out her parents from a crowd of pigs. Sen says none of the pigs are her parents. She passes the test, and her contract evaporates out of Yubaba's hand. Sen runs off with Haku, who tells her her parents are on the other side of the river. She has to cross the riverbed and not look back until she's through the tunnel. He'll go back to Yubaba, though no longer in her thrall because he knows her na- his name again. He promises that he and Chihiro will meet again. Chihiro hears her parents calling and rejoins them near the tunnel mouth. They're fine and don't remember any of what happened. They scold her mildly for running off. How did she know that none of them were their parents? She didn't. It was a guess? Yeah. Okay. Magic, baby. Shit just happens. When shit, they get shit back just to happen, their baby. car. <laughs> yeah, they... just like Tom Segura says. <laughs> shit just happens. Yeah. <laughs> Some people suck. <laughs> when they get back to their car, it's dusty and covered with leaves as though it had been there for a long time. As they drive away, Dad says, a new home, a new school. It is a bit scary. Chihiro, much matured since her last car ride, replies, I think I can handle it. Yeah, after the acid trip she was just on, she could handle anything. She could probably handle anything, being changed by a fucking giant no-face <laughs> demon yeah. trying to eat her. So the the passage of time here, I mean, it happened. Yeah, it the passed. movers have got to be sitting at the house going, where the fuck are these people? Oh, their day's gone. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a weird conversation. <laughs> 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 hey, we're at the house. Where's our shit? Uh... We were there three weeks ago. <laughs> it's all where, the front. where have you been? It's all in the front yard in boxes. The boxes Just are all, all damaged s- from water, oh. rain, and all that. <laughs> well, that's all, folks. According now, this is impressive. According to the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter rating of a hundred percent. Whammy. Fifty-five fresh, zero rotten. The critics gave us an eight point nine out of ten on average. I think it's very fair. The critics consensus says Spirited Away is a dazzling, enchanting, and gorgeously draw drawn fairy tale that will leave viewers a little more curious and fascinated by the world around them. But let's take a look to see what those now look, I couldn't find any top critics that say anything bad about this. I had to go into the all critics. Okay. It's only fair. 
So here yeah, are what some of these idiots had to say. So David Nuzair of Real Film Review says, quote, a gorgeously animated yet sporadically entertaining endeavor that isn't quite the instant classic one might have expected. I don't agree. It's a classic because it's the mile marker of anime in America. Yeah. yeah. Yes. David Cornelius of E-Film Critic says, yes, Spirited Away is a triumph of imagination, but it's also a failure of storytelling for American audiences. For American <laughs> sensibilities, it is. Because it's not done in an American style of storytelling. But I think it still hits the mark. Well, it's imaginative. Extremely. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite, Stephen Hines of Film Snobs, <laughs> says exactly what I said halfway through. Sorry, y'all, I give up. <laughs> just Now I'm just doing this. But Film Snobs, that tells you everything right there. Yeah. Film Snobs. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> now the audience score, which is an average rating the audience gave the film, is a 4.5 out of 5 with 96% agreeing it's a 3 or higher. Yeah. This thing is critically fantastic. Yes. The movie's over. Were you entertained, Sam? Every time I've watched this movie. God bless you, man. Every fucking time. I tried. I really did. I tried. Yeah. But no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say yes after this conversation. At least a yes. Uh, it's time to figure out the wards got it right and whether this movie is worth your time or not. At the Academy Awards, it was nominated for Best Animated Feature and it won. It beat Ice Age, Lilo and Stitch, Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron, and Treasure Planet. One of my favorites. Which one? Treasure Planet. Really? Fucking love Treasure Planet. I was looking at this and I was like, what a weak category this year. <laughs> it is. No, I will give you that. Yeah. It is a weak category, but I don't think any movie could have competed with Spirited Away. No, um, I don't. I, I don't. Well, in other years, maybe, but not this year. No. Yeah. Uh, no nominations to the Golden Globe. They don't do deal with animation unless Shrek's up there or something. Uh, Saturn Awards. It was nominated for three awards. Best Animated Film. Yeah, one for that. Uh, best Music, but that went to Danny Elfman, Spider-Man. Now, I will say this. Uh, I look at what's on here. I don't think Joe Hisaishi had a chance, even if Spider-Man's not in there. Because you got Howard Shore for The Lord of the Rings, and you got John Williams for Attack of the Clones. And when I, we've already talked. There's a rule in Hollywood. If John Williams is nominated, he wins. Yeah. Um, the Spider-Man soundtrack by Oingo Boingo's Danny Elfman is really good. I think it's okay. In 2001, it was fantastic. Here's the thing, though. If Danny Elfman plays a show, he doesn't play Spider-Man. No, he's playing Oingo Boingo. He's playing Oingo Boingo but if he's doing, Before Christmas. Well, no. If that's the case, he would play the Spider-Man. I don't even know that, that song. <sighs> Best writing. Play it. I, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm surprised Howard Short didn't win. I know, because Lord of the Rings was, well, I think at that point they were like, we'll just wait till Return of the King and just give them all the awards. Okay. I, I It is very good. I think it's deserving of being on this list. I don't think it's winner. We're not even there yet. I know what song this is. Getting hype, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, huh. It's got all the things that Danny Elfman likes. Oh, it has everything, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, best writing, it went to Minority Report uh, over Frailty, Insomnia, One Hour Photo, Spirited Away, and Lord of the Rings. Robin Williams had a hell of a fucking... Yeah, he did. Uh, I don't know if Spirited Away is... I know. I don't think it would have won. I know it's better than Frailty. I know it's better than Insomnia. I know it's better than One Hour Photo. I can't say Lord of the Rings, and I can't say Minority Report. Minority Report's fantastic. It is fantastic. I think if Spirit Away was originally English, yeah. uh, I think with the Japanese dialogue, it might have won. Okay. But, yeah, Minority Report's f***ing a banger. Yeah. Uh, And then there's another category, the AARP Movies for Grownups Awards. (laughs) And it won an award for Best Movie for Grownups Who Refuse to Grow Up. (laughs) And it beat Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, which is is arguably the worst Harry Potter movie. Ice Age, which is basically America saying, okay, we're coasting on CGI now. And then Jonah, a VeggieTales movie. (laughs) Dude, you have my hairbrush. I'm looking for my hairbrush. <laughs> oh my God. I love vegetables. All right. On to our next segment titled Top Three, Bottom Three. This is where we talk about the three things we want to highlight and the things that are low lights. Let's start with the top three. I will start. Number three, character designs. Unique, creative. I've never seen anything like that before. That was fantastic. Nice. Uh, my number two, I cannot... or. I can't stand the English dubs for uh, voiceover for Chihiro. They're nails on a chalkboard, but everybody else was perfect. Yeah. And my number one, there are some interesting themes that are hidden in some really convoluted ways for these Western sensibilities. Why? Is this my top three or bottom three? What the shit? I was confused too. You know what? You go. I'm going to come up with better ones than this. Okay. This, these suck. (laughs) Uh, To my top. So number three is, I think this is a very beautiful middle ground for animation with kids and adults. Yeah. Um, Do I think this is for young kids? Maybe, but some of those scenes, probably not. Uh, I think there's enough sensibility and meaning to where it's not like a comedy where there's adult humor laced with it so adults can enjoy it. I think this is a movie that it can be enjoyed from front to back from really any age. Uh, Number two, it feels so well thought out given all the shit that's going on. Yeah. And just the over the topness of characters and just the, the, just their own dealing with the world itself. I have my number one. Okay. My number one is the background of every scene. Yes. You, I, I almost would want to find, uh, eight and a half by 11 versions of those and frame them because yeah. they are absolutely stunning looking for, for hand drawn. That's, that's brilliant. That's my number one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my number one as well. It's, oh. it's, it's, this movie is just art mm-hmm. to me. It is art visually and musically all encompassing. This mm-hmm. is an art piece and it's so nice that it's not, uh, full of itself. Okay. And pretentious. Yeah. It just happens to be a work of art in its own sense. Right. That can be digested and re experienced over, at least in my case, over and over again. Mm-hmm. I, 
I, I, yeah, I can't say, I, I, I agree with everything that you said. 98% of what you said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now my, now my three bottoms, uh, number three, the dialogue doesn't flow naturally. Part of that may be because of the English dub, but there are noticeable pauses in between character conversations, uh, which I think is more like when you're doing that type of work animation style and it's, you're putting so much effort into the drawing, you almost want to showcase the art for a second also. And it may get things a little stilted. My number two, there's a lot going on. And it is very easy, as you can tell from the show, to feel overwhelmed and want to grab your phone at certain parts for a distraction. I did not. I made sure my phone was in the other room when I was watching this because I was not going to let that happen for this. And my number one, I have no idea who the audience is. I know what his intention was, a story for 10-year-old girls, but I can't imagine any 10-year-old girls being into this movie today in, in 20, 20 plus years later. I think if you... F- I think if you strap them down for <laughs> I'll duct tape you to the chair. You will watch all two you hours watch of, this of this in the three hour director cut. And they'll go, okay, yeah, that was great. Now I will say this, knowing that this there was a three hour cut, I'm willing to bet that if that was put together, I would not have 90% of the questions that I had. Because the, 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 it had to be stuff that was explanatory. Maybe they were like, this is too explanatory. Let's cut it. And for simple-minded humans like me, that's kind of what I need. There could have been a whole scene of her falling in the river. Yeah. Who knows? There is, I will say this, this is the only movie I can think of that we've done in a long time where there isn't an exposition drop. It's all about the subtlety. Yeah. Okay, what are your bottom three? If there are any. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, I had to fucking dig. Mm -hmm. And my number three is actually a dig that I like pulled out of my ass (laughs) because I never thought about it before. Uh, my number three is that the very ending when she's doing the pig test. Okay. <laughs> when she leaves the bathhouse, everybody fucking hates her. <laughs> she brought in the demon that ate people yeah. and destroyed the bathhouse. <laughs> as soon as she guesses right, everybody's celebrating and happy and yep. dancing. Yep. It's okay. It, I it, guess everything's all good. Even all, all the gold that they once had is dirt. I mean, the Naboo and the Gungans didn't exactly get along until they defeated the Federation, and then they, all of a sudden they were buddies. <laughs> yeah. Um, number two is sometimes Chihiro English dialogue yeah. is a bit annoying, but I, there's a huge but with that. <laughs> I find every single whiny 10-year-old little girl annoying as fuck. Yeah, that works. So it fits the character. Yes. She n- bugs the shit out of me sometimes. Okay. Uh, and my number one, and I mentioned it before, this has always bugged me about this movie. The pace slows down after they leave the bathhouse for the first time. And it's really apparent with the events leading up to the ending in art direction. Lots of colors and motion and then complete stillness. Do you know who Davey Chase is? The girl who voices the English dub? I'm sure some celebrity. She's Samara in The Ring. Shut the f*** up. What? That's who she is. She's Samara from The Ring. That's her now. My mind's blown. I can't believe it. <laughs> Samara to Tahira. Seven days. Oh, my God. That's fucking crazy. And she's gorgeous. 
Wow. Yeah. Because I, I, w- I wondered that because there's not a whole lot of like actual celebrities because in Howl's Moving Castle, you have like a killer cast. Yeah. Uh, Princess Mononoke, you have a killer cast. And really any movies outside of them, they there's like major celebrities because a lot of, um, at least celebrities that I love their work of, mm-hmm. they love his work. Yeah. And they want to be a part of it. Like that's how powerful Hayao Miyazaki is, is A-list celebrities want to be a part of their, of his films. This is great. Not only was she Samara, uh, she's Samantha Darko and Donnie Darko. Oh my God. My favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. She's Samantha. Yep. Dude, she's killing it. She has, what a fucking. Their movie beat Lilo and Stitch. She was a voice actor on the Lilo and Stitch show and the video game. Look at her go. Uh, crushing it. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just crushing it. Who is this lady? <laughs> Crushing it. Okay, keep going. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, well, that means she was also Samantha Darko and S. Darko. And yes. Oh. We don't speak of that. We don't speak of that. We don't speak of yeah. that. Yeah, we, it's like Fantastic Beasts. That's oh, a Harry Potter. <laughs> you, you gave it the old college <laughs> attempt. Okay. Seven years of college down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. All right, critics rating. Oh, critics rating. Okay, we use an A to F scale. C is considered average. A is the highest. F is the lowest. The movie is so bad it gets Fs. It goes to the movie planet Global Killer, joined with Waterworld and Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the question is, what do you give 2001 Spirited Away in the animated movie genre by today's standards? Because you nominated it, you get final say. I'm going to get through mine real quick here. Okay. When it comes to animated features, there are a few things I pay attention to. Story, voice acting, animation, and soundtrack. So I'm going to go through each one, give them a grade, and then average it all out. Story-wise, the shit is all over the place. On the one hand, I'm glad I read that Miyazaki wanted to write something for 10-year-old girls. However, I feel like adults would enjoy this more than your typical 10-year-old girl. I think so, too. But what do I know? I'm a 42-year-old man. That being said, I taught third grade for five years, and I don't think any of my students could tell you what a bathhouse is. I do know this. I was confused in every scene. I kept waiting for an obvious motif because kids aren't deep. Instead, I got an intricate, subtle, complicated theme, which, when seen through the eyes of a Westerner and having not grown up in Japanese culture, were incredibly difficult to wade through. I said this earlier, and I feel like this is a more appropriate place to go into it. If Spirited Away was done today, it would be a limited series. This movie is cut with so much, then this happens that I can see it being a better watch as an episodic journey rather than one two-hour sit-down. If they ever attempt to remake this movie as a live action, I will be the first person in line because this looks like it would be a f***ing journey on the screen live action-wise. That's what I would want, and I would want Jim Henson's Creature Shop to be directly involved. (laughs) However, I think this is a much better piece of art than story. And for that, I've got to give the story a C. It's average, but I've seen much worse out of some of the shit that gets churned out. For every Shrek, there's a Turbo, a Trolls, a Boss Baby, and Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Even Pixar shit the bed with the good dinosaur and Cars too. okay? Spirited Away is definitely better than those. Now, voice acting, this is tough. I listen to the English dub, so I'm going with English inflection in a Japanese written movie. 
For those that aren't aware, different languages have different cadences and how they say things. So when an English dub is over a Japanese movie, it may seem at times that the acting isn't matching the energy. That being said, I think the voice actors did the best with what was given to them by Pixar. But there's nothing quite like seeing it with the original voices. After seeing only half of the movie in Japanese, that's the way to watch it. Uh, I'll just say that. I'd give this an A. If it wasn't for that whiny Samara Davy Chase at this age. So it's a B for me. Animation. Respectable score. And this is where I become the villain. So let me put my biases out there before I place them down. I'm not an anime fan. I do not find the aesthetic, the artistic aesthetic pleasing when I'm watching it. For me, I've already said, for me, it's like watching an 80s after school cartoon. There, I said it. It's out there. I understand that anyone who loves anime will claim this is a beautiful movie. And it is. It may be compared to other anime movies. The backgrounds of this movie are painted works of art. However, it contrasts with the animation style in the foreground. Some will say that's the point. I say it's jarring. When you get close-ups of characters, you get to see some really fine details that are absolutely riveting. But when the animation pulls back, the animators tend to lose a feature that is important of that character. For instance, we talked about the bloody Haku. When Haku the dragon is up close, you can see the blood and the streaks across his mane. It looks he was torn to shit. But before then, when he's flying through the air, there's not a hint of red on that character. It's an important character feature that just shows up when the animators wish for it. So for the backgrounds and the intricate nature of the close-up shots and the fact that it's the last time a hand-drawn animated movie won an Oscar puts the animation as a must-see in a classic milestone sense. However, 20-plus years later, I don't think it holds up as well unless you truly are a person who loves the medium. So I'm going to give this a B-minus today. Hand-drawn animation is almost going out the way silent movies did during the advent of talkies because of CGI. Computer killed the the hand-drawn star. Now, soundtrack, this is where we get our saving grace. This is such a well-balanced soundtrack. It doesn't try too hard. It doesn't ease off at inappropriate times. It doesn't overpower the story. It simply enhances the story. It manipulates your emotions at the right times if you are into the story. However, it's not exactly something I could hum when the movie was over. There's no earworm here. Uh, it's an A minus as, as a soundtrack. It's a, you know what? No, it's an A. This is an A as a soundtrack. I got to change my grade again. This is an A as a soundtrack. It really? Is. It just is. It, I can't. The earworm should not be the reason because you have to hit. If you're going to do a pantheon of movies, and they got to have an animation one. You can't just have them all seem cookie cutter. You got to have the ones that are also out of the ordinary for what we're used to. So I'm going to give the soundtrack an A, which means I'm changing my score again. Motherfucker. <laughs> I feel like every time you and I do a movie, I have to change my score after we're done talking. Because we talk it out. I, I know. That's what we do. We it, talk it's, it out. it's beautiful. Uh, so overall, a C minus, a B, a B minus, an A minus. This is going to be... It averages out to a B minus because it moves that 8.5 up to an 8.7. However, it's better than Toy Story 4. <laughs> Damn that, right. It is better than that. So that B minus, I'm giving an anime movie a B. Uh, nice. Not going to lie. That's a lot higher than I thought I was going to go for this. So I thought you were going to give this an F or a D based on your comments. Consider this a win, anime this fans. Is <laughs> this is definitely a win. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's also, it, it, like, Sam, I know, you're sitting looking at B going, okay, if he liked this, I can find an A. 
I have a couple A's. I'm sure you do. But I, I don't know if they'd be A's to you, though. But that's the thing. If I gave fine. this a B, and you got other ideas, like it, okay, once he gets used to seeing this a couple of times, he might be like, oh, it's come around, because you know these these grades are fluid. Yes, anything like can us. change at any time. Sam, give us your A. I mean, give us your grade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there it is. You already gave the score. <laughs> Oh, man, this is such a pleasure to watch and such a pleasure to put in the Pantheon. I already know because I gave it an A. It's getting in there. Yeah. I think it is so important for this medium to be in this Pantheon, regardless of the future, because it is it is incomparable to Pixar or to me, Disney. I think that is why I always loved animation mm-hmm. because it crosses lines or it in it's it brings in subtle nuances and difficult themes. And to this day, there are I there are more anime movies and series that I've watched that have gripped me emotionally and taken me on a journey farther than any movies or TV shows can typically do. And it's because of how the, these creators center their works in the characters themselves, in their surroundings, and the complications of life, love, and despair, grief, just all these, this just spectrum of emotion that they play and use in their palette to complete these works of art. Now, there's some shit animes. There's really bad ones, but this... Every medium As, has its ups and downs. Yes. And the reason I wanted to recommend this one first is because I feel that this is a great first step. I have to agree. The fact that I gave it a B shells, shells as a great first step. Yeah. Um, when it comes to direction and storytelling, I think this is one of Hayao's stronger movies. I think even if the story is just a... It, you know, it is, it's nothing unique as far as kid goes into struggle, finds way out of struggle, secede, grows. A classic motif is the same, but I would say this is incredibly unique. <laughs> no, yes, yes. So, yeah. yes. So but, the, the baseline of the character's journey, but what he does to make this world and setting come alive. And I think this was the first time to where his team at Studio Ghibli really shined outside of Princess Mononoke as far as art direction. This was just like, we're going to hit everybody with everything we got, yeah. and we're just not going to let up. We're going to get as crazy as we fucking can. But it never, to me, it never felt overwhelming. It was a lot to take in, mm-hmm. but I was never overwhelmed. But I have also been watching anime since I was a little kid, so right. I'm used to this. Yeah. The story, I am all through. I am sucked into this world with the help of the just fucking master, Joe Hizayashi, who just outperforms himself in every single movie he does. With the art direction, the story does taper off at the end, and that is my only critique. But I'm still in love with this movie. I'm still in love with... 
Ghibli's work. Mm -hmm. So this is why I, even with my gripes, this is still an A. And I think it's very, I think it's a very solid A movie. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I can't, I, I have a couple of disagreements, but I, I understand what you're saying. And, uh, I, I thank you for making me watch this. Of course. Cause I needed a gateway drug into this. I can't say that I'm going to be like, you know, jumping, jumping in on the train right away, but I may need a few more. I'm pulling you onto this train for a second. I'm pulling it. And then I may everyone be like, Hey, one day, Sam, come over. And guess what I watched last night? You'd be like, what? I'd be like, and you, what? What? You did? On your own? <laughs> <laughs> you crazy bitch. Uh, <laughs> uh, so if we average our scores out, we have a 10.5 out of 12. It's a B plus. Great. Yeah. It's right behind the Toy Story trilogy. I mean, it's the fucking Toy Story trilogy. It's the Toy Story trilogy. And to be honest with you, as time moves... The original Toy Story becomes more dated. It does. It does. <laughs> it's only a matter of time before we go, hey, let's revisit Toy Story for a second and see how would we grade it now? Because I was pretty harsh with Toy Story. I gave that I gave the original Toy Story, let's see. I gave it a B plus, but I'd almost drop it down That's to strong. a B at this point. I mean, it, and, like and you I, never, I see that Toy Story two has a B plus, and I'm sorry, but Toy Story is nowhere near as good as Toy Story two. And I and I don't even like. Th- uh, no, I take that back. Three is three is a, um, it's, a, it's brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Nah, uh, so our our pantheon has the three Toy Stories, then Spirited Away, followed by Fantastic Mr. Fox and Toy Story four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to revisit Hercules at another point, uh, but. Uh, Critics hats off. Do you love this movie? You like this movie or another above? I wrote something and then I took it off. I wrote none of the above. And my original quotes was, unfortunately, this did not move the meter on me. The, the meter moved a little bit. Nice. Here's what the meter, you know what the meter did? The meter moved like Captain America trying to hold Mjolnir the first time in Age of Ultron, where it goes. Yes. Yeah, and Thor kind of goes, huh? Like <laughs> that, that was it. He just like started to sweat a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it moved it just about that much for me. So there was movement there, but it's still at a none of the above. Sam, obviously. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. Yes. I have always loved this movie. Will always love this movie. I have. I cannot count how many times I've watched this movie. Really? Really. Which, which just like curious, which anime movie do you think you've seen the most? Princess Mononoke. Really? Yes. It was the first VHS I ever bought. It was always on the road trips. Okay. And easily, I've watched that movie a zillion fucking times. See, I've seen that movie before a long time ago. So, you know what? I may I may check that out this week just on my own. Just to, just to, just to see. If, I was going to recommend it, but I, I'm a, if you're just going to watch it, I'm just going to watch. Win. I'm going to watch it on my own. Just kind of be like, okay, let me dip my toe back in. See see what's going on here. Which I don't. You might like better. It's it is definitely more of an adult movie. Okay. And it at least it holds. Well, I kind of felt like this was kind of an adult movie. Oh, this is like full send. Okay. All right. There's, well, there's some parts in Princess Mononoke that gave me nightmares. You're just still, sitting, it's. All you're doing is putting chum in the water at this point. That's all we got time for. Next show, we'll look at Miracle from 2000. It's time to play some hockey, Sam. Oh, yeah. Let's. 
fucking got there, bud. We'll look at Miracle for 2004. I am nominating that one for the Sports Movie Pantheon. I've been wanting to do that one for a long time, too. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. Give us a four or five-star review. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and follow our Instagram. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet Podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet Podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They're included here for the purpose of review and no infringement is intended. Sam, any last words? Yeah, why haven't you just pre-recorded that yet? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Go through the looking glass and sayonara. All right. Thanks for listening and happy movie watching. Bye. After wandering across a grassy landscape and a dry riverbed, they climb a stone staircase and come to the to a street lined with restaurants. Hold on, I'm gonna increase this. No, no, they're dialogue. gonna come. They're gonna come to the street. Every bukaki everywhere. Oh my gosh, does that suck? Yeah, that's what it probably sound like in the live action. <laughs>